Hello and welcome to Ditching Hourly. I'm Jonathan Stark, and today I am joined by guest Rod Aparicio. Rod, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jonathan. It's it's great being here. Cool. So so with that said, we're going to talk about the myth of personal brand today. But first, Rod, could you introduce yourself to the audience? Tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. I'm Rod Aparicio. I run a brand strategy consultancy, and I help founders and indie consultants change the way they market themselves so that the customers buy. And since we're here, you can find my daily email at rodaparicio.com slash daily. Daily email. I love it. Cool. So I, as a matter of fact, this is how this conversation began its life, which is that I'm on your daily list and you were writing about personal brand, which is, is something I literally never think about, I think. I certainly don't have a working definition of that term. So maybe we could start there. What it, what do people think a personal brand is or, or what is it? So the general consensus or the belief is that a personal brand is mainly how people can control how they want to be seen and perceived by others. That's what they, they usually say. You know, you have to build your personal brand and it's how you can control or manipulate the perception of, of yourself on, in the market or in environment that you're in. So right away, I've got a question, which is, is this a solopreneur thing or are random people who aren't monetizing, say, their Instagram feed, are they thinking about having a personal brand in absence of monetization or does it basically always exist in this kind of like influencer or a thought leader or author or course seller mode? Like do, do people who have a day job and aren't trying to make sales, do they think about personal brands? Yeah, because like the thing is that personal brands themselves, it's been taken as a, a way to move a career forward. And by doing that is, you only do that by managing and influencing the perception that you have. So it's been a huge, huge thing, especially taken with influencers and that where people start saying like, you are the brand, you are the product, which is kind of a contradiction itself. Yeah. So what do you mean? How's that a contradiction versus inaccurate? Okay. So let's start with just brand, right? A, a brand, according to Martin Meyer is the gut feeling a person has over a product, a service, or a organiz an organization. And another brand legend, Debbie Millman, defines a brand also that is a manufactured meaning to create affiliations. So that only can happen with products because a person can have either a reputation or credibility so it's just different words that you would use. Well, so reputation, how is brand and reputation different? Like in the, the CPG, the Nike, how is brand and reputation different? Because they seem, I mean, I'm a, I'm a neophyte here, but it feels like a very similar thing. Like I've always liked the quote, like your brand amounts to the promises you've broken. You know what I mean? Like, is there a difference between reputation and brand? Okay. So a reputation can be linked to a person and a brand is something that you make artificial. So for instance, one of the things is that a brand is not created in its a consensus through different people. So let's say that if you have a million customers 
or 1 million people perceiving you, then you have 1 million different brands. And what the branding itself does with that product or service is find the consensus among them. And that's what about what a brand is built on. Okay. That makes sense. Brand is in the mind of the beholder. Yeah. And they're trying like to- value. Right, exactly. And so like the, a brand manager or someone like that, whoever's in charge of managing it is what they're trying to do is keep everything across all touch points aligned. So it, it is the most similar across all the minds, right? Exactly. And that's why you can, you can try to keep it consistent through times. And mm -hmm. the thing also about a brand and difference from a reputation is that you can rebrand, which means that you change maybe even core features or, or, or core values of the product itself, a person that would be in absolute contradiction. Yeah, so that's a great point. That landed with me really hard. You can't re-reputation. Yeah. Right. Okay. So let's bring it to the personal brand standpoint, because I feel like we've got a pretty good definition of brand there. What's the point of a personal brand? What are different reasons why someone would try and create this? I don't know. Is artificial the right word or is it just curated version of themselves? It's more like an artificial because it takes different touch points and different, for example, it takes visuals and it takes, you know, you need to build a voice or you need to find your voice, as, but you've always had it. Mm, that... control, right. It's about how you can control being perceived by others. Mm. And unless you're Obi-Wan Kenobi, Yoda, or, or Luke Skywalker, it's very unlikely you can actually control how everyone <laughs> perceives you. Well, control is probably, influence would probably be a better word, right? Like you can't, certainly can't do Jedi mind tricks on people, but you could certainly take steps to influence how you're perceived, right? Like, you know, I typically don't swear my head off on podcasts, but, you know, maybe I swear more in real life, depending on, you know, if I'm working on my garage door, it's highly probable, but that's not artificial that I don't swear on podcasts. Unless you're talking about something way more calculated and, and like like really someone playing a role that is unlike their normal life. Yeah, that's the thing. Like beliefs go into, you need to build this persona or you need to build this image that you have to keep at all times. And maybe that goes only on one side of yourself. And, but at the same time goes, you need to be authentic, right? So if you want to be authentic, and you're hiding some of the stuff, does it really go align on those two? Mm. So the first time we had Seth Godin on the business of authority, we got into the authenticity thing. He's not a fan of authenticity. So, but he defines it differently than I would. What's authentic mean? Why does it matter? So authentic, authenticity in, in, in that process or, or in, that, in that sense comes as you, so, First off, Seth Godin refers to authenticity as the opposite of being professional or just like keeping yes. who you are, right? Exactly, yeah. And as I understand on, on this other side of authenticity is about how you can show up yourself and being different from, from the others that are surrounding oh, you. How, interesting. That's not how I see right? it. The, I see it a third way, which is that you're not being a phony. Mm-hmm. I might be exactly like the person next to me, but I'm just not being a phony. Yeah. Don't fake it till you make it kind of stuff. <laughs> right. Right. But you might be, you know, you, you might authentically be like, hey, I'm just learning how to do this. I'm not an expert at this, but you might find this screencast useful anyway. And 
like to me that's uh just being yourself pretty much being a real version of yourself at all because people are different in different contexts like i'm different with my kids than i'm with my spouse than i'm with my brother matt you know so you emphasize different parts of your personality in different social situations so there's you know on on a podcast for example you're going to get a slightly more professional version of me but it's still me yeah but you don't hide the other parts that are like core to you like your values right sure yeah va- yeah deeper yeah. deeper things but i just might behave slightly differently in terms of yeah mostly language because mo- my whole world is language like if but if we met in person it would be the same like you know i would probably not dress in my karate uniform or in sweatpants and a and a tank top if we were going to meet for drinks or something i sometimes wear sweatpants and a tank top does that make me a phony if i don't wear them to a social event i don't think so not at all right but values the deeper foundational things so you're telling me that <laughs> I mean, what you're implying, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, is that there are people out there who are grooming this sort of personal brand that they want some segment of the population to perceive as real, I guess, that is misaligned with their core beliefs. Like they're just playing a role like an actor. Yeah. And it it goes as something as... Like a hypocrite. Like hypocritical. Yeah. They're they're trying to build and maintain an image, Mm -hmm. right? Uh-huh. That accommodates the best to the market they're trying to get into. Mm-hmm. So it's so they try to mold themselves into what mo- they believe that most people will approve of or will buy into, right? Got and it. if you don't, if, and if it doesn't work, you keep ch- changing that image and those values. This is what it's called a rebrand for com- most companies until something sticks. Right. So this is kind of, it's kind of a mercenary approach. I have the same kind of, I mean, whatever, if somebody wants to do this, that's fine. They're just going to be like a a straight up entrepreneur sort of lurching from opportunity to opportunity, just like a gambler might. I mean, that can work. People do it successfully. It seems like luck and it doesn't seem like the kind of life I would want to lead, but it could work. But what you're, what you're raising is it's like when there's an individual, because we're talking about solopreneurs, right? Like these are people who yeah. maybe maybe they've got assistance and stuff like that. Like if they've become successful. Or, 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 or even people who are employed. Okay. So because they also they also talk about like this personal brand. You need to be your personal brand so you can advance your career. You have you can have like better opportunities. Hmm. That's totally foreign to me. But at the last time I had a an actual career-like job was in 2001 or two. So there was no social media really back then. And I mean, there was not even MySpace. I think Friendster was a thing, but yeah, let's not even go there. Cause like no one listening to this is an employee. So let's just, let's focus on like soloists and what's the advice then? Like, so if I'm a soloist and, and I, you know, and my name is the URL, my name is the brand. Is there a difference between a soloist who has a business that has a brand reputation and a personal brand okay so here can it can go many ways right because mm-hmm. a person can build the reputation and reputation comes from trust and trust comes is you know you have either uh, you have the competence you have the uh, you keep your promises on yep. one side and yep. you also can have a brand that is that has your name on it However, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't make you a brand, the person. So for instance, Jonathan Stark, mm-hmm. you have JonathanStark.com. If right. somebody 
comes and says, I will buy your brand, jonathanstark.com. Mm-hmm. And you sell it for whatever money you want. Yeah. It doesn't, you don't stop being you because right. somebody else owns the name. Right. You keep being yourself. It's the person, it's not the brand. So that would be the, the first. Well, let's, let's say it like this. It's, there's a person and there's a business. So there's a person and there's, in my case, a company. Yeah. You're not going to sell the person, but you are going to sell the company. Let's say you did. Let's say you did. I did sell the company. The company, so I, I would imagine that right away, if that was public knowledge, right away, it would throw a group of people would be like, hmm, let's see what happens. Right. Like, like yeah. when somebody gets acquired, when a company, a startup gets acquired by Google, it's like they're dead, you know? So, yeah. so does, does the reputation really, it feels like Actually, both, both are at play. Yeah. It feels like there's two yeah. components there. Yeah. And on the other side, like in, in the same example, what you're doing is you're lending your reputation when you're selling the company to leverage it. But if they start making bad decisions or different values, like you have Louis Vuitton, you have Chanel under names, right? Mm-hmm. Brand names. Yep. But if they start hiring kids from Asia to do the work, it goes, oh, okay. You know, the per- the, the person is dead, but it has this reputation on on fashion mm-hmm. and what's this wrong value or or they're going against this really good against this value of child labor mm-hmm. right that comes from the brand and the company so it, it makes a difference however it leverages on on the first person that is that is selling yeah the starting so point. sense yeah a little yeah. bit so it starts there because the values and all of that are it's sort of easy well you're saying that people decide not to do this, but it's kind of easy to let your value. It's kind of, to be honest, it would be hard to prevent my values from oozing into the things I do for JSC Inc, the business. Yeah. Right. So it'd be, it would be hard for me to prevent that from happening, but you're saying that there are people who will just pick up, I don't know, like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something that I don't value that somebody else might and just be like, I'm like all for, I'm all for guns. I think everybody should own guns or something, yeah. you know, and like, and just opportunistically be like, oh, I want to sell silencers or something is so super yeah. dark, but, and then just like ignoring their values and being, and that would be inauthentic, right? By your definition. Yeah. it will be like, it, it doesn't go aligned with what you believe at the right. core of yourself. Right. And yeah. It also brings me to to these two terms of aspiration and inspiration. Okay. So an aspiration is something that, yeah, you aspire to, that you want to become, not necessarily that you are. So that takes a lot of effort and an uncertain outcome. The things that without the continuous motivation, it fades away or you just like drop it. And inspiration, however, is similar to keep because it moves you. It's who you are. It, it's what actually moves you to do the things that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Cynic calls it the why, and you have like others as uh, personal narratives going through. But it's just way easier to have an inspiration to help and elevate others, right? Mm-hmm. And where it's not about you, it's about the others. It's about the ones that you can serve and you can help. Right, right. So how does aspiration versus inspiration play into this idea of personal brand in your definition? So an aspiration in the idea of this myth of personal brand is that you need to 
become this sort of like image and you have to keep it, you need to maintain it, you need to improve it, even if it doesn't really stick with you, even if it doesn't really move you from the inside. Mm. I was going to say, it seems doomed to failure if you did that. Like, it's just like this mercenary opportunistic kind of approach. I see this in business, like personal brand, regardless of personal brand, where people just jump from niche market to niche market looking for a hit, you know, looking for uh, like easy money and a silver bullet. And it's just, they just leapfrog and leapfrog and leapfrog and never get anywhere. And they'll say like, oh, niching down doesn't work. It's like, yeah, because you did it for three months and then you yeah. move on to the next thing. That's why I say help people you like get what they want, not help people exactly. who have a lot of money get what they want. Yeah. Anyway. And, and that comes from, from an aspiration, right? I want to, I want to have money because I want to be famous. Yeah. But also like once you get famous, you lose that motivation eventually. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it's kind of, aspirational is kind of self self centered, and inspiration yeah, it's, is it's more self focused, and the other one is others focused. Right, that makes sense. Okay, so how would you how would you wrap up this concept of the myth of personal brand? Is it is it just like hypocritical at its core, it, or a par paradox or something? It's a kind of like a, a well, it's an oxymoron, and the take that I, that I that comes from from my point. Where I stand goes is a brand is a thing. You can shape it, you you can manipulate it, you you can mold it to your will. Mm. A person is not one because you you have speaking of like that authenticity, originality also has this richness of self reflection, right? Mm -hmm. And that's going. Uh, that's the thing that makes you stand out and being different, like the self-reflection self and alignment with what you actually believe mm -hmm. and how you can help others. But that wouldn't result in a personal brand, you're saying. That that results in a person or their character yeah. or because it's like, not that people can't change, but things things like that that you just listed, they don't change that. They're not changing every quarter. Like things like that change rarely. Yeah if ever, right? Is that fair? Yeah, and instead of that, you can call it, you know, I know someone who has this thing called business of authority <laughs> or the reputation or Wes Keo also calls it like personal credibility. So there are different terms that are about helping you define yourself as a person and work towards these traits, even the contradictions of, uh, themselves of, you know, I'm thinking this today. I might think the other thing tomorrow, but that's not going to change the way I am at the core of myself. Right. Yeah. Values. Like, it'd be very weird if your values were changing, like, even every 10 years. It'd be weird. Yeah. And that's one thing that can happen with, that actually can happen with brands. True. A brand can go like Nokia going from paper mill all the way to telecoms. Yeah. And they didn't have anything to do. And some of the values changed. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they sold rubber boots at one point. Yeah. Right. That that's to me that is the that is the way that it makes the most sense to me. It's not it's not, it wouldn't be weird or unusual for like a brand, a true company to pivot. It's like there's a word for it, right? I mean, they're pivoting. So they're going to yeah. different strategy, different brand, different branding, different everything. It makes total sense. It doesn't come across as I mean, their existing customer base might feel a little not cheated, lied to, not used. I don't know. They might not be super happy about it, 
but probably they don't care because that's probably why they're pivoting because <laughs> the old brand yeah. isn't resonating anymore. So they probably don't care and they're going to move into a new thing. There's this new big tidal wave of opportunity. Let's call it telecommunications strategically. I don't know who said this. It might've been Gary V that said something like, or it could have been Seth Godin actually, if Bradley's, which you probably never even heard of, if Bradley's opened a coffee shop, you know, do you know what it would be like? The answer is no. But if Nike opened a coffee shop, can you imagine what it would be like? And the answer is probably yes. Mm -hmm. Even though it has nothing to do with sneakers, right? But you could imagine what they would do if they were opening coffee shops because the brand has a sort of predictability to it, a level of quality, a worldview, all of that stuff. But like you said, if Nike decided to change and go like the values didn't, I mean, the values could change, but my assumption is that they wouldn't. They're just going to express them in the world in a different way, yeah. you know, through, I don't know, like energy drinks or something, you know, like whatever. But if the brand is really weak, the, the company brand is really weak. You just like no idea what like Sears would be a better example. If Sears was going to open up a chain of coffee shops, like who the heck knows what that would be? Yeah. Or, and, and even then with, with the Nike example that you had there, it can be also, as you were calling, opportunistic, right? So they made a bet when Colin Kaepernick issue happened. Mm -hmm. And it could have gone well as it did. It could have gone really, really wrong. And instead of like having this massive bump on sales, they could have gone all the way down in sales. Mm -hmm. And as a brand, what you do is you take away that problematic thing from you as adidas did with Kanye west they took the brand off the the brand itself of adidas and and making it gotcha you know it's I not see. working with us at this moment <laughs> yeah as a person trying to eliminate the learn those kind of like experiences that, that are ingrained in ourselves mm -hmm. it's impossible almost so just to make that clear for the listener i think what you're saying is that like kanye has a personal brand it's not like Kanye Inc. is not like this. Like it, it is well, like Elon Musk is another example right now. Seems to be, seems to be enjoying a extreme downturn in popularity. I almost wanted to go into the celebrity thing, but I think it's irrelevant for the audience. So let's skip that. Here's a more useful question: What should someone who's a solopreneur be thinking about in terms of like? Should they be thinking, oh, I want to have a company brand, but I don't want to have a personal brand? Like, what should they be thinking in terms of what's my promise to my audience? That they first of all that they forget about the brand and they focus on the problems and the people they want to serve. Okay. Because yeah, I love that advice. As you, as you say, you know, help people you like get what they want. Mm. Once you start doing that, you stop focusing on your visuals or, or how you sound or whatever. It comes from yourself because you actually want to help others. And that's right. going to build your reputation. It's going to build your authority your credibility within that, that niche or market. And yes, it does help to have brand attributes in your company, in your uh, solopreneurship, but it doesn't define what you actually do. Right. So what I think what you're saying, and that's funny too, because when we first jumped on, I'm like, I never think about this. I don't know what it is. And it hasn't seemed to hurt me not knowing what it is. So I, I tend to agree with, you know, just as data point of one, it's like, I never think about this. So maybe it doesn't matter, right? So what you're saying yeah. is it kind of doesn't matter. And it's like, just if you're a solopreneur, like just focus on helping people 
And that's what you need to think about. Like if you're spending time thinking about yourself and your image and how you're being perceived, that's probably a waste of time. Is that accurate? Yeah. And that's going to wear off at some point because you're going to see that since you're focusing on, focusing on yourself and nothing sticks, you get frustrated and you lose hope that actually you can help people instead mm. of actually doing the help. Right. Okay. So in your definition, it's like thinking about personal brand is thinking about yourself and what you really need to be doing is thinking about other people. Yeah. Yeah, that's easy to get behind. <laughs> it reminds me from a few people. <laughs> Something just popped into my mind that was related. I'm pretty sure this was a Seth Godin quote inside of the marketing seminar, but he was talking about direct marketing and brand marketing, direct advertising and brand advertising. He was somewhere he's talking about this. And he was like, I don't want to put these words in his mouth. It might not have been him, but but I remember a quote from someone I really trusted who had experience with this that you don't need to worry about brand advertising for a really long time if you're uh you know just talking about advertising or marketing like mm -hmm. like the kind of stuff nike and bmw does where they just show like or or like patek philippe where they just show like a dad with the son and say you know you know you don't own a patek you guard it for the next generation you know there's like presenting this feeling yeah. and it's like for a, a business that's one person or close to it doing like low seven figures or less like you don't need to be thinking about your brand. I really, yeah, I, I feel it, pretty strongly about that. Yeah, and and you don't even have the pockets to do that. Yeah, that's what term. I mean, right? It's such a it's such a diffuse bet. Yeah, it, it's but yeah, it's a risky and reckless bet actually. Right. Because it's putting money in something that you will not be able to keep on in a long time. Because it's not on like big companies don't do just one campaign. They do a set of campaigns towards a revenue goal or sales goal or whatever they're building on. Mm -hmm. And that's why they have the these big pockets. Right. Yeah. We as solos, not really. Not the best use of resources, right? That's yeah. that's for, that's for the Queen Mary. It's like you're in a jet ski. And I like being I like jet skis are my favorite. Like they're fun. So it's like, you know, copying Nike when you're doing a half a million a year on your own is like probably when you're Mikey. Yeah. <laughs> when you're Mikey. <laughs> okay. That, there's a good one. When people talk about brand with solopreneurs, what are they talking about? Like in a useful way? Because I believe there's something useful there for sure. You know, yeah. especially along. I would usually talk about it as positioning, not branding, though. I think of do, what are the relationships there? So I presume you're familiar with that. That's what it actually is. It's a way of positioning yourself and it's about alignment. Mm. It's about the, it's about who you actually are that is aligned and attracts the people who believe what you believe or that feel aligned with you. Mm -hmm. So there's and, some affiliation to the worldview. Yeah. It, there's some affiliation to the worldview. This is why it's simpler but hard to go through psychographics and just like demographics, for instance. Yeah, double click on that for me. Like it's simpler but hard to use uh, psychographics. Yeah, because it just like lets you see a whole picture instead of I don't know King Charles and Ozzy Osbourne, right? Mm -hmm. That that mean that that went like all the way through. I didn't and... see that, but <laughs> it's funny on its own. <laughs> yeah. They share the same, pretty much, like, they share the same demographics. I see. But they're absolutely different. A little and bit. And they have different needs. Yeah, and, and when, when people are talking about a, 
a brand, which is not a personal brand, it's about like having that alignment so that the customers or the ideal customers can make a more informed and simpler decision of, oh, okay, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Now I can start talking to you. And it doesn't say stench of desperation also. Yeah. Right. All right. This is, this is making sense. So, so for the soloists and the other folks that are probably listening to this, it makes more sense to think about your, the positioning of your business or your individual offerings than it does to think about your personal brand and being like some kind of like phony baloney version of yourself that you think is going to make you an influencer on Instagram. And then, you know, then the money will start rolling in when shampoo yeah. companies want you to promote their products. Yeah. It's like a whole different approach. Cause the thing about positioning, if done in uh, the way that I like to do it, it's inherently the most important pieces of it is like who you help with what, you know, it's, it's very much yeah. oriented around the other, the party, the buyer, what their, what their expensive problem is. And a, another key piece of it is how are you different from the other people that do that help with the same thing so there's differentiation in it there's a an ideal buyer or a target market in it there's an expensive problem that they're trying to resolve that you can help them with and then like the piece that in my opinion is the most optional i refer to as discipline which is the the, your job title basically like business consultant or mobile strategist or whatever it kind of it's useful to know what you're going to say when somebody asks you what you do but to me, that is the most, that's the, first of all, that's the most self-centered and it's the least useful. I think it's like the first one I would be like, ah, it doesn't matter. Just call yourself a consultant. So, yeah. yeah. All right. So that would be, is that aligned with your, what you would advise someone to do? Yeah, it it goes as, so I I believe this was David C. Baker who says that positioning is a public claim of what you might want when you're starting and you align that with trust and trust in the simplest way is you do what you said you're going to do. Those two, build your credibility, build your authority, and only you can do that if you're helping people. If you focus on these other things as the core of your business, it's not the wisest use of the resources that you have at hand. Yeah, right. Yeah, you just, right. It doesn't build credibility. It builds celebrity, if, yeah. if anything, right? And so then, and certainly some trust comes from celebrity. Like there's a reason why they pay LeBron James like a godzillion dollars to wear Nikes or whatever. I don't even know if he wears Nikes, but but that's the idea, celebrity endorsement type of thing. And that's just like lending, lending the trust that you, they have in you. Yeah, they're renting out the trust. To a company or to, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I, li- I like that as a sort of easy two-word way to think of it. It's like celebrity versus credibility. And it's like, you don't need celebrity if you're credible. And how do you make a credible offer? By like demonstrating the outcomes that you're, that the promises that you're making, you have kept in the past. Yeah. And that leads to all sorts of good things like referrals and testimonials and case studies and all of this evidence that, you know, you're not writing checks that you can't, that won't clear, so to speak. Yeah. It's like you're trustworthy. Like, hey, you know, I'm making, maybe this claim seems bold, but look, you know, here's a, a trail of smiling clients. Yeah, it, it. It, yeah, it, it's about that. And it's not about convincing. It's right. not our jobs to convince because that sends desperation and that leaves us without power in the negotiation. But as you're saying, like giving that social proof, like the testimonials or the case studies of absolutely amazing people who have worked with you. So then your clients can decide for, for themselves if they work for you, for them. Yep. Yeah, if it's a good fit. Yeah. Cool. 
cool. This uh, this has been super helpful. I was like, I actually feel like because I was reading your emails, you did a series of emails on this, and I'm like, I don't know if I understand this, right? And so, and the reason I looking back on it, you know, for your personal future reference or future emails, the reason why I wasn't I wasn't understanding the emails is because I don't understand or I have until now had really no knowledge of what even a personal brand meant. I just I sort of thought of it as like a company brand for for a single owner business, but mm-hmm. it's it's not. You're defining it, in, you know, it might not even be a, a business owner. It might be someone's career or something and they're trying to become famous for some yeah it's like trying to become a celebrity instead of trying to make people's lives better yeah and i tell you i know that for experience i i fell into that fat and it 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 doesn't really take you anywhere Mm. in the short term or in the long term and you only lose focus on of how you can actually help and one other thing, most of the people who tell you about personal branding is because they want to sell you personal branding services. So. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It's almost like reminded me a little bit of getting like musicians that get famous for a song that they don't even like and then yeah. they, they sort of end up trapped in it. So like it probably is not going to lead you anywhere. But if you if you're the one in the million who that your personal brand takes off, but it's not you, then you're trapped. Like that seems like yeah. torture. Yeah. Or even worse, you change what you believe into a rebranding and then everyone who was going for you, this one song actually hates you now. Right. <laughs> Instead of just not knowing who you were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now you're or just not caring. Out. Right. Yeah. Right. You're a sellout now. Oh man. Well, this has been good. Is there, are there are anything else that, that I, I should have asked? Mm, I don't think so. Like the, the main, the main part was about not being self-focused and start talking about your personal brand, about your brand, about what you do, and instead mm. focus on the people you want to serve mainly. It's how you can help them. Uh, yeah, get what they want. Perfect. Some wise man said. <laughs> well, this has been great. Where can people go, Rod, to maybe sign up for your mailing list or find out more about what you're doing? It's actually at rodaparicio.com slash daily. Yes. And they find there and they find how to get a tip, a question or belief challenge to that just might change the way they market themselves so that their customers buy. Perfect. Great. Well, I'll put a link in the show notes. Definitely check it out, dear listener. All right, Rod, thanks again. Thank you. It's been amazing. All right, folks, that's it for this week. I hope you join me again next time for Ditching Hourly. Bye. Hey, Jonathan again. Do you have questions about how to improve your business? Things like value pricing your work instead of billing for your time, or positioning yourself as the go-to person in your space, or maybe productizing your services so you never have to have another awkward sales call or spend hours writing another custom proposal. Book a one-on-one coaching call with me and get answers to these questions and others in the time it takes you to get ready for work in the morning. Best of all, you're covered by my 100% satisfaction guarantee. If at the end of the call, you don't feel like it was worth it, just say the word and I'll refund your purchase in full. To book your one-on-one coaching call, go to jonathanstark.com slash call, C-A-L-L. That URL again is jonathanstark.com slash call. Hope to see you there.